Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to the Dom Harvey Podcast, brought to you by Radix Nutrition. Coming up, Stephen Seamus, host of the podcast Between Two Beers. And we'd always thought like, oh shit man, we should do something, we should start a podcast, we should start a show. I didn't know what a podcast was yeah. when we started. <laughs> so, like, totally, totally true. Yeah, 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 I know podcasters talking about podcasting on a podcast it doesn't sound all that interesting but it's a lot more than that so i do hope you'll enjoy this one maybe you are one of the many fans of the between two beers podcast or maybe this will be your introduction to the between two beers podcast either way welcome and i'm glad you're here steve holloway and seamus martin are a couple of mates from hamilton who purchased a cheap microphone and started a podcast years ago pre-covid long before podcasts were the shiny object they are today. And with talent, perseverance, persistence, and good old-fashioned hard work, they have built their podcast up into one of the top podcasts in New Zealand. And you only have to listen to an episode of their interview podcast to see why. They do a damn good job. This is a bit of an insight into the guys behind the podcast, Steve and Seamus. Quick technical issue to flag before we get into it. This was my very first ever podcast with two guests instead of one. I'm reluctant to call it a threesome. But because of this, I was in a different studio with a different microphone set up. So at times, the sound distorts a little. My apologies. But I hope you will push through the sound issues because this was a really good chat. Just before we get into it, big thanks to my sponsors, Radix Nutrition. I know I bang on and on about their protein powders and their incredible flavours especially the banana and coconut, but they are so much more than just protein. From their state-of-the-art factory in the Waikato, they have plans to change the world through nutrition, and since I've got to know the team pretty well, I have no doubt they will succeed. Please, if I could ask one favour from you, it would be to give them a follow on Instagram and check out the incredible work they're up to. If I could ask two favours from you, it would be, once you follow them on Instagram, go and buy something from them. You won't regret it. Their products are simply world-class. Radix Nutrition, that's about R-A-D-I-X. You'll find them on Instagram and online, radixnutrition.co.nz. Okay, let's get into it. Between Two Beers on the Dom Harvey Podcast. Enjoy. Cheers, Dom. Stoked to be here, mate. I, we, we opened these um, export... Cheers, by the way. Yeah, cheers. cheers. We opened these export ultras before we started recording. I feel like I should have done the welcome to... I was waiting for... I was waiting for, Ste- I was waiting for Stephen for some reason to cue us in. Right, I'm, I'm, um, I'm a big fan of you guys and your podcast, and your, your intro's the same ev- like every time, I reckon. Or you could, you could have them and overlap them, and your... The tone, the inflections, yeah, the same almost every time. Yeah. You nail it; it's yeah. great. Yeah, by design. It's just <laughs> it, it didn't. Yeah, it slowly started like you, you crack open the beer and you get into it. And I was thinking that's something that people are going to remember. And now we do a thing where we cut the little video for socials, and there's always the you know the little nod of the hat to the sponsor and the, mm. the bottle opening. I started the be- I started the opening. So Stephen used to do the. So and so, so and so, welcome to Between Two Beers. And then I used to do the can open. <laughs> and then when I stopped drinking, 
It, uh, I passed the mantle back over to Stephen, so he handles everything now, and I just right. kind of sit in the passenger seat. Yeah, well, hey, it's fabulous to have you guys on my podcast. I suppose there'll be like a number of people listening to this that'll be fans of you guys, and there'll be a number of people that um, are being introduced to you guys. But I like this. I like having you had me on your podcast like over a year ago, and it's lovely to have you on my podcast. I think it's great. Yeah, crossovers. Yeah, crossovers. we're stoked to be here, Dom. Um, fans of what you do, like, I don't think people realize how hard it is to build a podcast for. Following and what you've done, how long have you been going now? Okay, 18 months or so. 18 months continuously, one a week. Like, it's so impressive. Like, that people don't realize unless you're doing a weekly pod, like, what's involved in the, the burn and turn of putting it all together. Mm. So, burn and turns are good. You should use that yeah. more often. Yeah, but, but building an audience, like, there's so many people trying to create pods now. Like, they're the hot, shiny object in Media Land, right? But it takes ages. Like, do you even remember the, the numbers of the early down, the episodes you had? Like, it takes a long time mm. for the audience to grow and stick with you. So. It, it, yeah, it really does. It's a grind. And I think it was you that said to me, Steve, um, yeah, it's just, it's relentless. It's never, one a week, it's just never ending. Like, there is no, and it wasn't until that point that I really thought about it. I thought, oh, he's right, it is. And it's exhausting. Mm. Like, you're tracking down guests, you have guests yeah. that, that pull out, or they, they commit, then they, something else comes up, and then it's, um, it's stressful. And uh, it's often a long time without any sort of reward in terms of, you know, for the work you're putting in. Yeah, there's some stat that, uh, I don't know, 90% of podcasts don't make it past episode seven. And because it starts off with a hiss and a roar and you've got all these good ideas and then it kind of turns into a job, which is why people ask, like, what's your advice for people starting off with a podcast? Do it for the right reasons. Do mm. it because it's something you enjoy doing, which is why we started in my garage talking to our best mates and our family <laughs> about football. And if it wasn't for that, we would have stopped after – if it wasn't fun, you know, there was no thought of financial reward or no thought of audience. It was just about – yeah, just it, was, it was a chance to get out, mate. Once a week, it wasn't even actually a wee lot. It wasn't even once a week. Then it was just a chance to get out, get in front of someone, put a microphone in front of them, and then ask them a bunch of questions, which we never really had done. So it kind of gives you license yeah. to pry into people that you know's lives with um, without a care in the world. Yes, yeah, so it came from a good place. By the way, I listened to that episode today, episode one, November 2019, Holy hell. Um, with Aaron Scott. Who's Aaron Scott? Uh, a mate of yours, a soccer guy, yeah. football guy. He is a grassroots football legend. So he just played in the Chatham Cup final. He's got four kids. He's played 350 games for Melville. He's yeah. in the Chatham Cup final. They lost on penalties. But a guy who we'd grown up with, he played for the All Whites. He should have gone to the World Cup, but just got dropped from the squad. So... We asked him about how hard that was, and he talked about Ricky Herbert and the fallout and all these things. That have, you we listened back, have, have you listened back? No, back? I haven't. It would, is I, it rough as guts? I listened back. So did you listen to it today? Mm, just today. And there's, it's quite cute. Like, there's a lot of what you're doing now that's exactly the same. Yeah. Um, like, at the beginning, Seamus, you say how you know the person. Yeah. But then there's, like, real cute aspects of it. Like, it sounds like there's one microphone. Yes. So, is it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Correct. But I mean, the, like it's it's palatable. The sound is fine. But from where you are now, like four years on to back then, shit. It's um. I'm I'm getting actually goosebumps just um yeah, talking about this and sharing this. You've come such a long way. We we spoke for about the first fifteen minutes I think, of, that, of that pod. Aaron didn't say a word for about fifteen minutes. We were just like prattling on about who we were and what we were what, what we were doing. And then finally, it was like, well, let's get a chance to uh, hear from the guest, Aaron. But yeah, shit, it's a long way. And we had a moment, I think, like. History's repeated itself. So Melville, as Stephen said, have been in the Chatham Cup final recently as well, which was a catalyst for getting Azza on the show. And, um, yeah, hell, it's a long way away from Stephen's garage, that's for sure. That's what it was. You, you say it sounded like a, a one mic. 
for the first 50 episodes, it was in my garage. Mm. It was a JB Hi-Fi $200 Omni microphone. And we just sat around a table like this. And Shay was drinking. I was drinking. With, you know, the, the conversations maybe got a bit looser as the it went on. I probably drank more than, than I did now. <laughs> but, yeah, it was just trying to ask the best questions to anyone we could get into my garage, basically. Mm. And, yeah, there's others, other things that have changed um, like from a life perspective since then. Like at the time, you, Steve, you mentioned you got two kids. Now you've got four kids and a vasectomy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> four kids and a dick yeah. that doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, um, I think four's enough. Yeah, it's quite, so, so, so back then, by the way, we'll, we'll, we'll go all the way back to how you guys even know each other, how this um, bromance, if you call it that, begun. But um, so there was no, no intention, this was just like a hobby, something for you to do. We've yeah. done, or did you did you secretly like deep down have a desire to rogue in it? No, not at all. It was we we were both quite involved in the Melville Football Club, and we did a few videos before we started a podcast. We did this video series where we would chat to the coaches who were also our best mates, and we quite enjoyed it. And we'd always thought like, oh shit, man, we should do something. We should start a podcast. We should start a show. I didn't know what a podcast was. Yeah. <laughs> when we started. So, like, totally, totally true. And Yeah, and it wasn't until I bought the microphone. $220 was a, a lot of money back then, probably still is now. But um, I was like, oh, fuck it, I've bought the microphone. We're going to do it. And then I was like, right, Aaron, come up, come across to our house on Thursday night. No expectation of anything. It was literally just like, see what happens. We, it didn't even go out on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It was just uploaded to SoundCloud, I think, at the time. Like, yeah. not even on YouTube, just SoundCloud, yeah. I think. And we just sort of and set the link around it. Yeah, and maybe YouTube actually without the video. Anyway, just total amateur operation. Mm. But there was enough. There was I don't know fifty people listened to it maybe in the. Who, who were they? Just friends. Football how did community. you how did you market it? Just on your social media account? I yeah. can't even remember. Facebook. Just put it on our Word Facebook on our mm. Facebook page. And because yes. because um, Aaron's quite a known person in Hamilton football circles, like he's he's quite a, a big deal in it for a small group of people. So just yeah, our friends listened to it and got some good feedback. So episode two was Paul Nixon, who was my former school teacher and coached me when I was growing up. And this was kind of – so Paul Paul had four kids and his wife passed away. And I, you know, I invited him to my wedding. He didn't turn up. He got the day no, wrong. He, he got the day wrong. He turned up the day after. <laughs> but I knew him really well. But there were topics like that, and it's kind of been a theme. When you put a microphone in front of someone, it gives you permission to ask questions that you probably wouldn't otherwise. And I remember talking to him – about that, how what it was like raising four kids after his wife died of cancer. Mm. And it just, I was like, shit, they're onto something here. Like, it just real conversations, real deep, meaningful conversations. And yeah. It was like, we, we started, I think, Stephen, you sent me a link to um, what's old mate's name? Tools of Titans. Oh, Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss. And it was like a section of a podcast of his which spoke about asking good questions. So I think initially, it was like we'd each come up with 10 questions and that was kind of it. And we just we just rocked it from there. And it was. It was a kind of – it had a cult following within like Northern League football circles and then it kind of grew to New Zealand football circles. And then it just – yeah, it kind of gathered momentum. And I don't even remember our first non-football guest was Chris Ratu, I think, who was, again – one degree of separation worked columnist at the Herald. Oh, the journalist who worked, yeah. with, who, worked who worked right. with Stephen. So it was really just who do we know, <laughs> and who would be interested to come in, and that was that was the kind of the length of it. Right. So was it when did you start to think okay we could we could probably scale up here and do something good? I think it was Eric Murray. We made right. a trip to Eric Murray's house. So up until then, 
we had been a football show and we were nobody. But Eric Murray, and I always think of these guys who opened their door to us when there was nothing for them to game. There was no platform for them. He said, come over to my house in Cambridge, bring some beers and we'll have a yarn. And we went over there with a dozen beers. I think he drank about 10 of them. And <laughs> in the first 15 minutes as well, he was hoovering. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a big boy though. Yeah, so he, was, he was up for it. He was up yeah. for the chat. Big dick energy was a term <laughs> coined for Eric Murray. Like that guy has just the, the most yeah. like upbeat, full on energy. And it was an awesome episode. And I was like, holy shit, if we can get one of our greatest ever Olympians yeah. to open up like that, that transcends football and sport this that's going to appeal to everyone and it got a bit wider reach than normal got some good like twitter was quite big for us back then i think like guy havelt or someone like that shared it on twitter and like that was a big moment for us because you know he had thousands of followers and it's just really slow small little gains but mostly it just put fuel in our tank we're like fuck that was fun like Mm. who's next and then lockdown lockdown helped us as well because we were no one was able to go anywhere. People were sitting around. We invested in StreamYard technology, which was kind of like Zoom on steroids. So it kind of kept a, it kept a solid base. So we were able to keep ticking over um, while everyone was sitting around. And I guess that was kind of that was good in terms of like just honing. Just there's that whole ten thousand hours rule, right? So it's just yeah. like just aggregating kind of our skill as we grew and grew and grew. Um, and just got better and better at it. And then that consistency element came in eventually, I think, in year two. Yeah, I, I credit lockdown to our growth because when you're building a podcast, it's really hard to get high-profile guests, especially when you're starting out. Mm. Well, harder now because there's so many podcasts. At that point, there weren't quite so many. But with lockdown, people had nowhere to go. Like no one had an excuse to be <laughs> yeah. out anywhere. And Aaron, they, I have to talk to someone. We, sure. Yeah, exactly. We knew they had to be home. And so it was just a matter of just finding a night where they didn't have anything else to do, have a couple of beers, and we'll ask you good questions about your life. And we ticked off. Like we, we were pretty prolific across that period. Yeah. Like one a week and, and slowly – you build a template to go to guests and say, oh, we just had John Kerwin on. We had Laura McGoldrick on. You know, would yeah. you consider coming on? And then it sort of snowballs. And, like, you, you probably experience Yeah, same, same sort thing. of thing. People are like, well, if it's good enough for Sir Ashley Bloomfield, then I, I will definitely come on. Yeah. Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, you find that happens. It's almost like a dick swinging thing in a way. Yeah. When, when did you guys start to become, like, consistent? Because if, if you go back on Spotify, like, to the very early episodes, it's like there'll be one and then maybe a month without another one. Yeah. So episode 50 was Ryan Nelson. So when you are a football podcast, there is no better guest than Ryan Nelson. He is the Everest. (laughs) We've just done Chris Wood, who would be a a close second, I think. K2. But Ryan Nelson. He's the mountaineering too. And I remember we hit a wall. It was like, fuck, we've just clocked football. Where do we go from here? It's like, who who is ever going to compare to Ryan Nelson? And I think we did. We have a few conversations about like, should we continue? Yeah, I think it was a, it was around Ryan Nelson. I think the other one was Stephen's the arrival of Billy, Stephen's third child. And it was kind of like, well, I'm going to have to take some time off to support Bond and look after the kids. It was kind of like, oh well, fuck, that's the end of that's the end of that. Like it, a month will turn into six weeks, turn into two months, and what was a good kind of idea will just fade away into the distance like so many before. But for some reason, we doubled down. Because uh, no financial gain. 50 yeah. episodes. It's a yeah. hobby, not, isn't it? Not yeah. making any money. Taking a lot of time. Like we're traveling We're, we're traveling to Auckland to bring a microphone. Yeah, shout us. out to the patrons that, that 
jumped on. So we set up a Patreon account, and I'd kind of only ever heard it on like YouTube videos of like subscribers can do this bit, this bits and pieces. But that sustained like our website, our streamyard, like just kind of the little bits and pieces, so that we were hand to mouth almost. Mm. But we were investing our own money into kind of making it work. Like Stephen said, driving around the place. Just enjoying other people's company. But yeah, yeah. when your wife is, is looking after two young kids when you're off driving to <laughs> South Auckland to talk to Kevin Fallon, she's like, really? Like, what, what are we doing here, guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, at that point, it's basically going out for nine holes of golf, isn't yeah, it? It's it like, is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the Patreon thing, like, do, do you, have you got all right money out of that over the years? I've, um, I've been reluctant to go with a, a pay cinema model because I just feel like Kiwis aren't into it. Yeah, look, we we haven't put that much effort into it. It's like people set up a Patreon and they give special things to people that sign up. Yeah. And we never, for whatever reason, we were just like, look, if you'd like to support the show, that would be awesome. But yeah. we're, we're not going to do anything extra. And so it's been pretty consistent. It's And it's a small amount. It's like 400 bucks a month. But not many have cancelled. Like they're the OGs. Yeah. They're the ones that stuck mm. with us from the early days from football and they're, they're kind of just still there. Yeah, that's it's cool. And it's like, as Seamus says, uh, it keeps the lights on. Yeah. Mm. Generally speaking, the just. only cancellations mm. are just when credit cards expire. <laughs> <laughs> people, have, people have forgotten that they were, they were members and it just, it, just doesn't, it just doesn't renew and they're kind of like, hey, do yeah. you still listen to the podcast? Yeah. yeah, of course I do. Or when people do one of those yearly checks, like, yeah. what, what is yeah. this? Yeah. Yeah. Amazon yeah. Prime? I haven't watched that in months. Cost a cup of coffee. Yeah. Bullshit. It's way more <laughs> um, okay, so let's go all the way back. So, uh, how do you, how do you guys know each other, Steve? You were a real good soccer player, right, at a regional level. Yep. Is that fair to say? Yep, I think and, that's not that's really. Fair. <laughs> and you're a, and you're a, and you're a journalist, and, and uh, Seamus, you're like a sports administrator. Yeah, yeah. So we go back to high school. We go back to Hamilton Boys High. You're the same age. No. I was gonna. Fi- oh, good. Thank you. I'll, I'll, sort, I'll sort. I'll sort you out later. I just realised what I said. I don't want to look at yeah. anyone in particular. Yeah, yeah. No, very good. I'm. I'm a lot younger than Stephen. Um, no, we were in the same tutor class. We call it. I don't, I don't know. What you, I don't know what what it is in the vin- like the modern vernacular. But you know when you've got like tutor. Yeah. Year thirteens down to year nines. Third form through to seventh form. Your registration class in the morning. So we were in the same class. Um, I was the captain of the first eleven football at that stage, and Steve was a young, up and coming footballer, as you said. And he played for the school first eleven in fourth form, which was very unheard of back then. Wow! And um, took took you under my wing at the inaugural Super Eight tournament down at Inglewood. That's right in Taranaki, and uh, we kind of just kept in contact after that. From yeah, that point on, Shay onwards. became a mentor. So he he sort of was out in the in the real world as I was. You know, still navigating, at school. Still at school. navigating those difficult teenage years, and he used to send. Do you remember? He used to yeah, send yeah. emails, and they'd have like little motivational quotes and stuff when he was working at Pizza Hut, and he was at sort of World Cups and things. Yeah, and Shay was this big wise guy of the world. <laughs> <laughs> still am. I still am. Like a Buddha. Yeah, yeah, exactly, well, Exa- exactly. So, so it was um, was it was it a friendship or like a like a like a mentor sort of situation? Yeah, it's an it's an interesting one to look back on because, like Stephen said, I was a few years older, so I was already like it really was galvanized talk about chatham's cup chatham cups earlier so melville went on the chatham cup run in 2003 and stevie was like the hero at age 17 and they won this game at century united they were kiwi tear street like a glamour club here in auckland and all of the fans of which i was one of them like flooded the pitch at the end of it and i remember locking eyes with stephen on the pitch and giving him a big hug and at some point i was after that i was like fuck that was like this real weird magical moment he then went off to the US to go on a college scholarship. Oh, um, you were real good. 
Yeah, he was really good. Nationally good. That's why I said, no, he wasn't regionally good. He was nationally good. How did you end up a journalist and a broke podcaster? <laughs> yeah. How did you fuck it up so badly? Yeah, yeah, I ask myself that all the time. Don't get into yeah. journalism. Yeah. It's the hips. It's the yeah. hips. It's the yeah. hips and hammies. Um, yeah, I think that's a fair, fair retail. Right, and and you just, you've kept in touch all the way through? Yeah. 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 That's when fun. I was sending the emails when he was in America. Right. And then... I uh, think when you come back after you graduated, I was working for a football organization here, a regional football organization, and he came in and worked in the media department. Lasted a period of time, maybe a year, right. year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Shay was head of competitions Oceania Football Confederation, which is, you know, it was quite a big job. I was a worker in the media department. So, yeah, I would walk down the hallway every day. We'd go have lunch. Yeah. Um, yeah about two years. And then he chucked it in to become a poker player. Oh, yeah. Well, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah. I can't tell if he means it or not. Is that yeah, a poker yeah, exactly, face? Exactly. Is this right? This, yeah. this feels very Forrest Gumpy. There's, yeah, there's yeah, yeah. A... lots of strands. No, I left the OFC job to tra- chase the professional dream. So I was I wanted to be a professional footballer. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went across to Australia and I had a contract which didn't work out and I ended up back at my parents' house in Hamilton. And so I was uh, 23, 24. Uh, the global recession had just hit. And there weren't a lot of jobs out there. So I was like, well, shit. When I was in America, I played poker a lot during the summer and I earned a little bit of money from it. Can I dedicate myself to poker for one month and how much money can I earn? And I did it for one month and I earned $1,000 a week US. I was like, oh, shit, that's pretty good. Probably more than I would earn at any other job. Can I do this? Can I put three months together? If I, if I can put three months together consistently, then I will consider myself a professional poker player and I'll move to Mount Maunganui. And I did it. So I moved to Mount Maunganui. And when I was there, I met up with these big-time poker players who did tournament poker. So long story short, they took me under their wing. We moved to a big house in Papamoa. There were seven of us, all professional poker players. It's my wife came in and lived with us when we were there. And we played poker. We bought in for three to $4,000 of tournaments every day. We played four days a week. We drank a lot. We partied a lot. We all moved to Queenstown together. I shacked up with... Um, Chris Mormon, who we had on the podcast, who is the winningest online poker player of all time. He's won about $40 million playing poker. He lived with us. So it was this wild ride of poker, about three years, traveling around, just working off my own schedule, um, learning from these masterminds. And then they all moved to Vegas, bought a house there. I was with Bon. We didn't fancy it. Moved to Auckland. Did it for about another six months to a year where I was – everyone else in my house would get up and they would leave uh, and go to work. And I would sit there with a computer. There would be about 16 games I'd be playing at a time. And I was like, this <laughs> this is an anti-social – like, this isn't the future. Like, I need to get out of this. So I got out of it. I applied for a job at the Herald, and I've been there for the last – 13 years. So Stephen's dad is a top, top journalist from uh, Hamilton, from the Waikato Times. So a sports journalist from way back. So journalism's in his blood as well. So downplaying that side of it a little bit. And then all the while that was happening, I was doing all this stuff in football and soccer administration, going to World Cups in Germany and Canada and all around the world and kind of doing, getting my life experience through my vocation, which was pretty cool at the same time, but um, not conducive to kind of a um, a great lifestyle. So yeah, it kind of looked yeah. flashy from the outside, but probably on the inside was a little bit kind of uh, shallow. 
when did the McDonald's um, story happen? <laughs> this is something that comes. Anyone that listens to your podcast, I suppose, on a regular or semi regular basis, will hear Seamus tell a McDonald's story. And Steve almost, it's kind of playful banter, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but you can always feel you eye rolling on the inside. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's so about you poker. Ha- you, <laughs> you handbreak his uh, McDonald's story. What yeah. is the McDonald's story for anyone that's new I, to you guys? So in 2012, I was the team operations team ops for the New Zealand men's football team that went to the London Olympics. So if you've ever been to an Olympic Games, you go to the Athlete Village, there's whatever food that you want, um, and there's a McDonald's in there because they're an official partner. So together with the physio, Roland Jeffrey, who's another early guest of ours on the podcast, we decided before we flew that we would have a cheeseburger eating competition to see who could eat the most. Now, I'm far, <laughs> far superior to him in terms of my – um, size capacity exactly, <laughs> and um, so it was all kind of the talk, it was the talk of the group, and we were ready to go. So the games hadn't started yet, so we all piled down to the dining hall, and yeah, sure enough, one after one, these cheeseburgers started coming out, and like the lads were all around. You had eighteen players, like six staff, some of the other New Zealand staff had come down. So we just we just ate and ate and ate, and then like we lost the day. Afterwards, we were both ruined, and then we woke up. We were in Austria because the team had a pre had a pre tournament game over in Austria. But in the post match, uh, the post games kind of debriefs. Apparently, the story goes that the Black Sticks <laughs> hockey team wrote a formal complaint to the New Zealand Olympic <laughs> Committee that the New Zealand under twenty three men's football team didn't take competition seriously. They were all eating McDonald's before. The competition and it was they were just treating it like a big joke. So I can't believe I've sat through the cheeseburger story. You <laughs> <laughs> banned it from the podcast. Yeah. I was like, I can't believe it's coming. You did it very well. Yeah, you sat, you no, sat there well, politely and let me have my moment. Well told, Thank you man. very much, Dom. Well yeah. I, so, um, who, who who do you think your favourite guest has been so far? Uh, is it hard for you to have one? I find it really hard to, to to when people ask me that question. I find it really hard to kind of narrow that down. So I'm going to let Steve answer it while I think long and hard about who that's been. Right, for okay, I can even give you three or five if you want. Yeah, um, it's, do they all sort of blend into one for you? A little bit, and there's recency bias, so it's all, almost like guests who have you know been in the last couple of months are more top of mind. Um, the one which was a bit of a breakthrough for us was Dave Wood. So Dave is Israel Adesanya's um, mental skills coach and breathing coach. And he was a bit of a late – so we had a guest pull out and his wife, who's also his business partner, reached out to us and said, oh, would you like Dave on your pod? And we're like, yeah, all right, it'd be fine. Um, and then looked into his story and holy shit, his story was amazing. And he was a guest which I would say most people didn't know and it was – one of our most popular episodes and oh. it just opened up this whole world of health and wellness and I went and did his Come Under Pressure workshop and we've had a really good relationship since. I've got hip issues he's been helping with me, my hips and it's kind of the story of a lot of guests is the relationships we develop with them because what we're doing and what you're doing with long form podcasts over 90 minutes we're asking people to be really vulnerable and really authentic. And when you have those conversations and those connections, you like it's it's meaningful. You develop like friendships a lot of the time. Uh, the other one that springs to mind, and I know you've had her on as well, is Mia Motu. And oh man, um, yep. that podcast overwhelmed me. Mm. So at the end, I, I sort of held it together quite well because her her story, for those that don't know, is is incredibly inspiring and equally horrific, the domestic abuse she suffered. And she's so bubbly and fun and energetic and lively and such an amazing person. At the end, I was reflecting on uh, 
basically her story and where she is a world champion from someone who was living in a car with her two kids and a dollar and had absolutely nothing and had suffered this terrible abuse and all the emotion came pouring out of me and I was trying to do the wrap up and I just started crying and I just couldn't sort of stop and Shay was really good and and we've learned this through the journey that it's okay to sit in silence and let you have the moment so he didn't try to jump in he just sort of waited for me to regather my composure and then I sort of finished it off and passed it on to him. So whenever I think of which episodes affected me the most, I mean that clearly did. Mm. That that was was really really strong. Yeah, actually, I um, yeah, I I cried with Mia as well. I found myself breaking down. Like she, we just got to a point in the interview. And I we talked about the frequency of the beatings that she got over a period of a decade, and I said they they stopped though during your your pregnancies, right? And she was like, no, no, they they didn't. And it just it just hit me right at that moment. It's so horrible, and you think, I don't know. When I had her in, I was, I was I was having a shit week. I had some stuff going on, and then you realise, like, whatever adversity, like ninety nine percent of people have got going on in their lives, it's nothing compared to what she went through. And as you said, she's so bubbly and so lovely and so positive. Yeah, I like to think they were happy tears. It wasn't. I wasn't crying because of what had happened right. to her. I was crying because of what she had come through and achieved, and the person she is now, and the inspiration she is mm. to people out there who are I mean the thing you learn about this is everyone's story impact like the ripple on effect of people listening and getting affected and being helped by these messages is so powerful Mm. just by talking about it and voicing it and I had friends who commented to me about they had been suffering similar situations and hearing her talk about you know being open about it and talking about it and battling through it's just just so helpful mm. and one thing you said just before that I want, want to pick up on you um, talked about it's okay sitting in silence and that is um that is a big god uh, there, there's so many things that you guys do in your podcast that I've um sort of borrowed I guess or stolen plagiarized Everyone's <laughs> yeah, we stole from someone else yeah. Plag- <laughs> we stole Plag- from Tim Ferriss <laughs> because of my uh, commercial radio background there's this natural sort of tendency that's inbuilt in me to, 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 to jump in and not be able to sit in any silence and I'm trying to unlearn that and I, I've, I've got a lot from you guys even stealing a, uh, every time I say the line uh, you know uh, talk about this in as much or as little detail, <laughs> yeah, detail yeah. as what you want I say to myself, fuck, come up, come up with another way of saying the same message. I'm inspired by what, what you guys do. I think you do a remarkable job. Oh, thank you. I, it's high tide rises all boats, right? So, like, the, 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 I think the beauty of this part of what we've been doing as well is just seeing everybody else get on the journey. And there's a real humbling sense that people are now looking at us as – people that they can learn off, which is fucking blows my mind to think we're sitting here with a guy that I listened to for majority of my adolescent years who loves what we do. Like it's a real um, interesting kind of dynamic to find yourself in. Yeah, well, it's a, it's, I mean, it's a different skill set, so I find I'm learning. Whenever I go to the like the Apple chart and I see I'm ahead of you guys, I'm like, oh, oh, get a screen cap of that. Because <laughs> I feel you guys are, are the leaders, I think, oh, and um, the long-form podcast thing. But one thing I'm finding, which is quite nice, it's, um, you know, we can have the same guest on and it doesn't feel like it, it matters. I don't know. I feel like there's enough difference in our style of podcast that yeah. people aren't going to go, oh, yeah, I, I've heard Mia Moto. I don't want to hear her again. Well, it actually helps us in our method as well because we aggregate. We aggregate mm. the best kind of stories from everywhere. So if there's more of that person out there, for us, it makes our research kind of 
task easier. But I think you're right. I think everybody's kind of got a different lens and they'll find some part of somebody's story different. Even between the two of us, we find um, different pieces of somebody's story quite different because we've got different outlooks on life, mm. different kind of previous experiences that we can lean into and, and rely on as well. So um, I, I think it's it's an amazing kind of space that we find ourselves in. And like, I've finally cracked on my favorite episode, and I've, 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 <laughs> I've, 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 I've I'll, lo- I'll loop, I'll loop right back to that one. But it was, it's kind of that idea or that notion of kind of challenging perceptions, and it was Grant Fox, and it was Foxy when, like, growing up, I saw him as this kind of austere guy that. Um, you know, played for the ABs and was kind of much maligned. And then he transitioned into being a coach and a selector and he kind of had this media persona. But then when he came into the episode with us and he spoke so um, emotionally, I think, about his work with Big Brother and, you know, his his friendship with the late Sir Martin, oh, Martin Crow. Crow. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he, he welled up and started yeah, crying. Yeah, and I think there's a there's – a, yeah, it's a, it's a weird moment there when you've got three – men sitting in a conversation that are just very comfortable in each other's emotions and letting somebody go in their emotion. Whereas, mm. I don't know, like kind of you're brought up of a certain generation that you you know, men don't cry and you've got to hold everything in and be stoic and be this person. But um, no, that, that's one of the great things I think about the platform in general, not just what we do, but what a whole lot of podcasters do is that they're bringing these conversations, these topics to light and normalizing the conversation around them as well. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How are you guys with um, like vulnerability yourself and being uh, like, like in terms of walls and stuff? Like, have you, have you always been good, Steve? Or do you find like being married and being a dad of four now? It's like with each birth, the wall comes down a little bit. Yeah, or? No, it really does. <laughs> um, I think when we started, I would have been quite stoic and afraid to show emotion. Um, and things just get me now, which. <sighs> I think it's the kids. I think it's the family and like with Mia's story, the, the kids involved, mm. like, like pulls on strings. But also because we've been doing this journey together, me and Shay, best friends who started this thing in my garage and now we're on this sort of epic wave and we're not really sure where it's going. There are moments where we reflect on, you know, difficult times for us, which get me as well. And there'll be time like What do you mean? Have you got an example? Uh yeah, Guy and Espiner came on our show and um really weird dynamic because 
Our show is Between Two Beers, and it's sponsored by Export Gold. Guyon was on to promote his book about how (laughs) better his life has been since (laughs) he stopped giving up alcohol. And Seamus has been uh, off the booze for about two years now. And towards the second half of the episode, uh, Shay started sort of talking about his experience with booze. And Shay, I don't want to speak on your behalf. Go for it, man. But... um, (laughs) Is it the cheeseburger story again? Shay, Shay, Shay is in probably having the best year of his life. Like he is smashing it on all fronts. And I remember we might have started the pod. It might have been early days. Um, he was not in a great place. Like struggling. Hmm. <laughs> Sorry, man. Go for it. And yeah, as you can see, when I think about how far he's come and how difficult those conversations were, mm. it gets me. Yeah, yeah. I think it's been really good in terms of making making sense of the world for me. Um, it's given me um, a voice where sometimes a lot of maybe what I was thinking or things that were rattling around in my head they wouldn't come out and they'd bottle them in. And my way of coping was to turn to the bottle and mm. it was to, to drink and to suppress, to suppress those emotions and, ma- and maybe not deal with them. Um, and you get courage from other people having the courage to share their story and it gives you a little flicker of, oh, I, I felt like that or I've mm. been in that position. And I think with the podcast, you've got to give to get. And I think... Yeah, it's like a vulnerability exchange, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but not in a... Not in a Fucking, um, like you drink seven up and I drink eight up. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not about like who's had a shitter experience, but it's about it's about it's about I guess showing showing who you are and showing that you understand. Yeah, you have, you have yeah. a level of empathy, and yeah, it has been like in terms of 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 that situation. Yeah, I was in the the darkest depths that I I had been. Oh yeah, um, why? What, what? What? Um, oh, was there any sort of like catalyst? I think probably I was looking around in. Like comparison is a thief of joy, or whatever, however mm. that whatever that saying goes. And I was sort of mid late thirties, no relationship. I was living at home with my mum, which is totally fine. But you Duncan Garner, if you're listening to this, it's all good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, you know, like life is a shared experience as well. So you know, it, I'd, I'd love my mum dearly, um, and I love spending mm. time with her. But there there is an element of joy that was probably missing. So while I was able to do some cool things and travel around and, and have exciting experiences. You want to share those with people, right? You want to share yeah. that aren't just your family. So there was probably a little bit of sadness and probably a little bit of um, avoidance in that, in that kind of time of my life. And um, yeah, they were probably all coming home to roost. I was yeah feeling a bit sorry for myself being, like I said, that age, no house, no kind of assets, not that they'd be all and end all, but in my mind it was, yeah, it was where it was. So, it was, yeah, a little bit of courage and I'd like to say a little bit of nous or a sense from, from Stephen that something was up and then we had a really, you know, challenging conversation at a cafe with another one of our good friends, a good supporter of the podcast, Gav Douglas, around what's going on and, and you know, have you thought about doing anything silly? And I had at that stage thought about, you know, maybe the world would be a better place if I kind of wasn't around in it and, yeah, it's a hard conversation to have with a mate it's a hard conversation to mm. to have on a microphone and it's a confronting one to throw it out to the world for them to kind of consume and the shame and, and fear of judgment and mm. what that means for you as a person but 
the overwhelming response to anything that I think either of us have ever thrown out there has been one of aroha and one of love coming mm, back yeah, and, for sure. and understanding and acceptance of, of those things. So that's a really powerful um, foundation to kind of launch mm. from. And, yeah, I am having a, a great year. It's going, it's going, it's going, it's going really good. What? It, what oh, you, you just had a little twinkle in your eye, like a relationship thing, you mean? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, and yeah. All this you think is like largely as a result of the um, non-drinking. Yeah, I think so. I yeah. think it's definitely like yeah. There's shit times where you've got to sit with the feeling of whatever you're feeling and go, fuck. I, can, I really have to unpack why I'm feeling mm. this way or why I'm reacting to this situation. But it's a lot for me. Uh, not saying it's the same for everybody else, but yeah. for me, it's a, it's a lot of a better way to kind of work through that and be comfortable in your own skin about who you kind of who you are and what you're about. Because mm. fuck, you, you you are who you are at the end of the day. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I heard a, heard a podcast that um, a podcast I really like called uh, Diary of a CEO. You guys are familiar with that one, eh? very much. So. Yep. And um, Steve O from Jackass was on there, and he talked about um, you know, the disease of alcoholism, and he goes, any disease you have. Your goal is generally to get back to the person you were before, like meaning, say, cancer, for example. You just want to get back to where you were. He said, like, um, the disease of like alcoholism or drug addiction, it's the only disease where we, when you give it up, your life will be better. Yeah. I thought, oh, that is a, that is a great way of looking at it. So was it kind of an intervention? Like, a, like casually, like a, an intervention? Fuck, it was- Steve, that must have taken a lot of balls on your part. It was a checkup. Mm. It was, you know, you, you know when things uh, are a bit off, and you get a sense that they're more serious than what's been led on. And I, I felt like it needed a really clear question um, to get to, the, to to get to what the fuck is like. You know, when when Shay was in this dark dark space, he was he was shielding how bad it was, and it wasn't until I asked. You know, are, are you considering doing something silly or whatever it was? That it opened this this chat up, and far man, like, yeah, it sent us on a bit of a ride. Like, we were, I don't know how much you want to talk about it, but we, we were booking shrinks and we were like yeah, right. talking to your brother yeah. and like, there was this whole thing, and I like to think it was a really cool thing like there was a group of us a group mm. of our, us best mates and we all came together and we're like shit but we're a bit worried about Shay here like what are we going to do and that community that came around you <laughs> fuck you <yeah. laughs> <laughs> that's um i feel like it's a big friendship risk eh? like he, he could have taken it the wrong way and um yeah stormed out or then just been um aloof with you moving forward with the information that he shares with you no, I suppose our, you have to be ready for the. Our friendship yeah. was tighter than that. It was yeah. never going to go to there. It was, it, it was always going to be. It, this just means we have to address what's going on. Mm. Um, this just means we actually have to fa- face this front on, and yeah, just fucking hug the big guy and and let's get him through it. Which is why I'm so emotional. It's just because you, you don't often reflect on. Well, we've never reflected on it until now. Like yeah, really, like, like a conversation happened. We were in a cafe, surface level spoken about it, maybe since then. I don't think yeah. I've ever spoken to Gavin about it ever since. No. Um, yeah, so you kind of, you just, yeah, you brush over it and you kind of move on. Yeah, I mean, what, what, are, what are your recollections of it? Uh, not that, not we, we, that same we, level of detail. I, I don't even. I, I can't. Now, when you mention it, like I do remember that you, you, someone contacted my brother because weirdly I got a phone call out of the blue, like just asking how I was, um, which which doesn't always 
or hadn't always happened. How, how did you reply? I, I'd, I'd probably be like, yeah, no, nah, all good. Yeah, yeah, that's probably that was, that's probably my default, or make make a gag or something like that. But, um, yeah, I, like I, I, I maybe didn't realise that it was so obvious or apparent from the outside. Um, yeah, it had been. It was probably on the tail end of quite a challenging time where I was I was up in Papua New Guinea for two years working on a project which really pushed me to my limit um, every which way you could imagine. So it, um, I was maybe just in a bit of a blur at that stage. Mm. I don't remember really when I came, maybe came out of it. I don't know. But, but then it, like that was even before the drinking stopped. So I think we had that situation and then carried on boozing, mm. you know, for a while. And then the boozing finished 2019. Yeah. So that, that was a separate twenty conversation, right? Like th- that wasn't. Oh, I'm getting them confused. Okay, so th- when did this one happen? When uh, that would have been 2018. Yeah, wow. maybe, maybe so this just, is before the podcast even started. started. The podcast. Right. And then yeah. the, the drinking conversation was was a separate one. Yeah. Um, it had just annoyed. It, it had just annoyed me to be honest, because Shay, <laughs> for anyone listening to this, like Shay, is the most charismatic man in the room. Like he comes in, he makes everyone feel comfortable. He's the life of the party. But after a few beers, he would just get sloppy and he would get – I wouldn't like hanging out with him after he'd – maybe like one beer, fine, two beers, okay. And after that, I was just like, mate, I actually don't like hanging out with you when you've been drinking because well, – What do you mean What do you mean sloppy? Like a, like a spit uh, talker? Pesty, just or, pesty and just – like I'm very clever, like very witty and very clever. Like, right, like, like very, very, very good level of gags, but then like, but like a really seedy undertone to the gag. But you know, it was, um, it was, yeah. I, I like I could recognise that behaviour, mm. and um, yeah, it was, it was just picking up the pieces in the next morning as well, and being like, fuck, it was like a broken record conversation of like, ah. Oh, I'm like I'm here again, but it was conversations were often in my kind of own head, and I do remember vividly that that first instance, that first flare up where he was having a pop at me, and I didn't like it, and I think I didn't like it because I knew it was no, well, no one, no one's going to like it, are they? No, but I think also it, it ate away because I knew he was right, and it was like, fuck. <laughs> I just I remember saying like you're just not. This is like a fucking weird therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, it's great. I appreciate you're not, it. You're not living up to your potential. Like you've got so much potential. Like you're starting to fulfill your potential, starting to. But back then, you're in some fucking shitty job and you're pissed up. And I was like, man, you've got so much to give. Fucking cut the booze out. Like mm-hmm. let's get this, get this uh, train back on the tracks. Shit, that's nice. I think that's the greatest gift you can give someone as a friend, eh? Like, have the courage to have that conversation. It'd be much easier just to bite your tongue and not have it. But I had, I mean, I had bit my tongue for a long time, and I think that was the culmination. Like, <laughs> his tongue was raw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going say, man, who's famous, famous, you need to stop drinking. But it's a, weird, it's a weird relationship with booze because for so long we had also championed it. Like, we used to go yeah, to these oh, Labor yeah. Weekend tournaments where Shay would be doing 16 funnels on the sideline and we'd all be chanting, Shay, miss, Shay, miss. Like, he was the hero because he could sink so much piss. Mm. So it's kind of like yeah, and that gives you this weird <laughs> gratitude, like gratification kind of cycle as well. Well, it's like, a badge of honour. Yeah, it was, yeah. A, it was a thing. And, you know, oh, Shay, he can he can hold his piss. Yeah, or, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Insert name here. He can hold his piss. It was it, it was and probably still is. I guess a badge of honour. I don't yeah. know. I feel like the conversation's changed. But then I, like, I'm old as shit now. So yeah. if I go out and say I don't want to drink, I, I don't have anyone calling me a pussy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's an age thing. Yeah, that was mid twenties, late twenties. Like yeah. you, you can't be doing that when you. Oh, I still, <laughs> I still, I still. I still <laughs> Frank the tank. Just not the, not the same doing a doing a power raid out of a shoe. Is yeah, it? yeah. 
That's yeah. really, really special. But it, like, I think it's um, it's definitely like I think it's an example as well for friendships that that we can have that level of directness and honesty um, in conversation, and it's probably been honed in this kind of environment where we do have license to ask challenging mm. questions to people. Um, and then to take that out of this environment into kind of everyday life is a is a skill as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'd, I'd agree. I, um, yeah, I've been doing it a lot less, lot, uh, a lot shorter time than what you guys have. But um, one thing I've realised is that everyone's got shit going on. Yeah, mm. <laughs> absolutely everyone. And when you when you realise that, it's actually quite comforting. It's like, oh, okay, I'm I'm not special. I'm not alone. It's just everyone's got shit going on, even people that you wouldn't even expect. Yeah, absolutely. And which it, I think that's cool. It's a broken record as well. But you know, like if by listening. Or comparing yourself, if there is one person out there, it's a fucking cliche, it winds me up. But if there is one person out there that takes some solace and can avoid the feelings that you felt yourself in that moment, then that's fucking worth it. Yeah. That's worth the the embarrassment or kind of the, uncomfort, the discomfort of um, being in that space or having that conversation mm. or facing up to that reality. Mm. Really is. Yeah. And how's your mental health now? You're good. Yeah, I'm really good. Yeah. Yeah, I am really good. It's – um. Yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, I really enjoy the ability to do what we do, and I. Why I find it quite hard to nail down like a favorite episode is because when I I listen back to everything that we do, like from Welcome to Between Two Beers to the outros that I mm. tend to to throw together. That's not a dig at you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but like they're just they're just packed with little nuggets of wisdom, and they're amazing gifts that we've been privy to that yeah they just they they do all blend into one but i always find there's some little piece that i can pull from whoever we've spoken to that i can adapt and and relate to whatever i'm going through or feeling or, or make sense of at that moment it's fucking awesome so yeah really good really good um really good headspace um like yeah, right here, right now. Well, that's brilliant because be, being in that space where you're like, "Wow, do I want to live anymore?" It's like it's not a it's not a great place to be, is it? <laughs> no, it's not nice. No, it's horrendous. Like, and I, I don't think anyone actually actually really wants to die. They just want the pain to stop. Yeah, but I suppose I suppose that's the thing. You can stop. You can stop. Actually, the, I don't think the pain actually stops. Though, so it gets transferred around to other people around you. Yeah, yeah, is totally. It, when when you're uh, in the space where you'd rather sleep than go yeah. than leave the house for the day, that's not that's. That's not a great kind of place to be, mm. but but there are people in there, and anyone that is in that space that might be listening to this at the moment, man, just reach out, talk to someone, um, yeah, give those thoughts some air because the worst place they can kind of reside and stay is in your own head. Yeah. And what, what about you, Steve? How's your mental health been? Yeah, good. The, 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 I suppose good. The, the reason I asked this is I, I know you've you've been into like cold showers and Wim Hof stuff. But I don't know. For me personally, I'm probably projecting here. Yeah, I've, I found that something incredibly useful for my mental health and other people that I've met that have done like Wim Hof stuff and cold showers. Same sort of thing. It's like they're looking for a solution or something to make them feel mentally better. Yeah, I went through a, a phase in my – I'm 38 now, maybe in my early 30s through experimentation. And I was trying all these different things and life hacks and seeing what – what really connected with me. And I got really into the Wim Hof method, which is the the breathing and the cold showers. I love the breathing. And in our early episodes, I talked about a lot, like how good it was. And I always thought that would be something I would always do. But I don't do that anymore, but I still do the cold showers. I still do the the cold immersion is the one that stood the test of time. So for the last three years, maybe four years, I've had a cold shower every morning, every night. And there's all sorts of sort of scientific benefits that go along with it. But for me... You've never had a hot shower in, in four years. No, I have had a hot shower. It's, yeah. the, it's the psychological win. 
you know, when you get in that shower, you're going to have a shower regardless. Um, the easy thing to do is to turn it warm. The hard thing to do is to turn it cold. So if you turn it cold and you conquer that challenge, you get your day off, that'll be the hardest thing. Like middle of winter, having a cold shower at five in the morning, that will be the hardest thing you do for the whole day. If you can get a little win under your belt early doors, like you just feel a million bucks. It's just like a, a Kickstarter to the day. Yeah. And I've found that, you talk about mental health, the, the thing that I have learned is that the hardest things to do are the ones that make me feel the best. And there's a few things, and there's like fasting. I do long fasts. I'll eat with the kids at 5 o'clock will be my first meal of the day. It's cold showers. Uh, it's swimming, which I, I wasn't able to run anymore after like running being a big part of my life, and I hated swimming. And I dreaded the thought of getting in the pool. Mm. Then I got swimming lessons as an adult man, got swimming lessons, and now I swim. And it's something I hated and I really disliked for a long time, weeks and weeks and weeks, and now I love it. So it's these things which are difficult to start with that you overcome and then you – I'm not going to say I love a cold shower, but I, it, I you feel love the feeling real. Afterwards. I love the feeling yeah. afterwards. Yeah. yeah, I get that. I fully fully agree. I think you're doing hard things um, helps build resilience, doesn't it? It gives you a bit of self-pride. Yeah. Being comfortable in the uncomfortable mm. is, is just like I'm so I'm so on board with that. Mm. Um, and, and every part of my life, when I, whenever I come across something which I feel is quite challenging and with four kids and a job and a podcast and coaching two teams, <laughs> there's a lot going on. But I always just, yeah, I, I sort of walk into those challenges. But also perspective. And again, from the guest, it's like, mm. fuck, yeah, there's a lot on, but it's not that hard compared to what Brad Smale has been through, you know. Yeah. yeah, well, that's the thing. Um, yeah, Shay, you mentioned the saying before, yeah, comparison is the theft of joy, but if you, you don't have to compare down very far to see how good you've got it, whether it's your Miyamoto's or your Brad Smaler totally. or yeah. whoever. Josh Komen's, like... Oh, incredible jo- human. Yeah, that was, like, those... And I think to your point before about we've had similar guests on, I don't think any amount of retelling of of Josh's story in particular will ever do it justice. I think it's a story that a lot of people need to listen to in terms, not in terms of what he's had to go through, but in terms of the outlook that he has on life. Like that's been my, like we spoke before about, you know, where are you at and, and is this the best year? Like I think just my outlook and my perspective of life has changed through the interactions that we've had with people, not only on the podcast, but people who listen to the podcast, who take the time out to, you know, reply and provide feedback. Like, I love when you share feedback that you receive because it does mean a lot. It means a lot to you because it's a justification for the effort that you're putting in and the respect that you're giving the person in terms of that conversation that that other people can pick up on. What was the what was the one you had um, you shared about someone considering taking their life and then listening to an episode? Oh my god! Oh yeah, that was remarkable. An email I got a couple of weeks ago uh, from a lady that said she was you know thinking about taking her own life, and a, a friend. Came, by the way, the appalling advice from the friend. The friend was like, "Listen, just listen to this podcast. Listen to a few episodes of this. No, don't do that. <laughs> In future, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's a few steps you should do before that. Give, give it a number for Lifeline or whatever. But uh, it's touching. Yeah, the conversation." that I'm having, which I guess there's, there's parallels between the, the, you know, the three of us and what we do. Feedback like that is so meaningful, eh? Totally. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah. And, and I, I, I can't speak on behalf of you guys, but it, it gets me through those dry spells where there's, you know, 
um, no sponsorship money in sight, and you're like, what the fuck am I doing? How long do I do this before I go and get a real job again? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a really weird place, the podcast scene in New Zealand. And you're right. You get fueled by feedback and little dribs, and someone might sort of come up to you in the street and say, I love the podcast. Like, that is kind of mm. – for, for a, a long time, that is all we had to, to get going. But it feels like – it feels like there's a wave building. It feels like um, – I don't know. It, it, anyone in the media now has a podcast, right? Mm. Tova's got one. Duncan Garner's got one. All the big stars. It's it's kind of like this wave is rising together, and the, the outlook seems pretty bright. Well, it makes sense that it's the future of media. I, I, I say to people, it's like radios, like um, free to air TV. Podcasters, like you know, Neon or Netflix or whatever. It's like radio on demand. Mm. It, it is makes perfect sense. And it's it's people are making a choice to listen mm. and making a choice to. to to spend that amount of time, the most precious resource mm. to listen to what you are doing. So it's incredibly valuable as mm. well. Yeah, and, the, and the, the, I mean, those connections, those connections, they're remarkable. You know, like a radio interview feels like a transactional sort of performance in a way. You know, it's like four minutes, five minutes. Yeah. You, as a host, you want to ask some funny questions and hopefully get some funny, snappy answers, and then you're out. It's just so transactional. Yeah. Then they're off to the the studio next door. <laughs> so in the space of an hour, they'll do like 10 interviews and it's meaningless. Yeah. And Steve, you and I had this chat um, shortly after I started last year and um, Eric Murray messaged me after our one and said, oh, that was really good. Let's catch up next time without the microphones and just have the have the chat. Sounds really cool. Someone asked us a while back. Actually, it's a question we get quite a lot is um, how often do you socialize with guests? And it got us thinking about the relationships we've had with people since they've been on the show. And I was like, shit, we went out for dinner with Brody Kane. We're, um, we hang out with Mike Minow quite a bit. I play golf with Marcus Daniel. Uh, Dom's been to your house. Dom's been to my house. And you're like, shit. <laughs> you think about the network that you're developing and the, the community you're building. And I said this on one of our ambassador podcasts, but – after a certain age, it actually gets quite hard to make friends. Like, <laughs> it does. It's you know, it's, it's like, well, you want to hang out? What do you mean? School, no problem. But you get to a certain point, it's like, well, it's kind of hard to invest the time to get to really know yeah. someone, to put the, the groundwork in, to develop friendships. But we've found the hat. We've found the shortcut for it because we'll get you in for 90 minutes and we will cover all of the most, the highs and lows of your life. We'll be vulnerable. You'll be authentic with us. And like I said, we connect that connection and we know the people so well because it's not only the episode we're producing. We have also listened to probably four yeah. or five different podcasts that have done with different people. So we know so much more about them than actually goes out to air. And when someone puts the spotlight on you for 90 minutes and they ask really good questions and they're empathetically listening to the answers and they're there with you on your journey, like it's just, it's just a shortcut to, to mm. absolute connection. So mm. it's, it's really cool. It's, it's almost like we make a new friend every week. Yeah, so. it is. That's exactly what it's like. <laughs> yeah, I do feel like that's, the, um, that, that's a strength you guys do. You, you over-prepare and – as, as someone that's been a guest on your podcast, like you can see that and you want to deliver. You want to give everything you've got back to you guys because you know that you've put so much effort in. That's yeah. just my theory anyway. No, Dion, Dion Nash said that to us after we, we, we recorded with him just up the road, I guess, at, at Triumph and Disaster. Um, at the end of it said, man, you could tell 
within the first 10 minutes that you guys had really prepared for it. And then, yeah, there's an obligation if someone's made the effort that, yeah, you meet you meet them. It's the same thing as that vulnerability chat we mm-hmm. were having before. You meet them kind of halfway on middle ground. And, and um, yeah, it makes, for, it makes for cracking interactions and connections. Mm. And it is, it is as a result of these conversations, isn't it? As uh, Shay said before, I've been to Steve's house. Toys everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was, I was in uh, Topo doing some speaking thing, and I, I was on my way back, and I said, oh, I'll message Steve and yeah, see what you're up to, and uh, you kindly invited me around to your house, even though you had open homes going that day. The, the level of organisation, your, your wife, um, Bonnie, she was um, uh, heavily pregnant at the time with baby number four, um, and the house was just like so organised, and the kids were so well behaved. Uh, it's, it's not like that. I mean, you got us on a particularly good quiet moment there might have been 10 minutes of, of quiet but it is chaos like four kids 95 percent of people listening to this four kids sounds like a crazy amount of kids like it must sound nuts. oh it is yeah and it is and <laughs> yeah, i totally understand that. <laughs> yeah yeah and i know that because when i had one kid one of my friends announced they were pregnant with their fourth and i thought what the fucking crazy like what are they up to so i know how it sounds I know how it is and if anyone comes to my house it's just chaos all the time and it's full on and it's tantrums and tears and happy dances and and it's just it's just all of the senses all at once so if yeah that period you came I don't know what's going on that's not reality yeah oh no but I've um yeah thoroughly enjoyed the uh, relationship with you. not not so much you Seamus just because I haven't seen much I feel like Steve's the the secretary of the podcast? Yeah, that's fair. He's very good. He's very he's very thorough and very detailed in terms of his admin. Mm. I am the talent. The talent. <laughs> <laughs> he's just gonna, I was trying to I was trying to think of what I was right. what, what I bring. Okay, to so it. Steve's like the Rick's elite, so you're like the Mark Ellis. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am a lot looser with my uh, with my administra- my podcast mm. administration. How do you how do you structure that relationship? Like Steve, how do you not get fucked off with him for not pulling his weight? Oh, mind? I do. He does. No, no, I do. We actually hate each other. <laughs> I get very passive aggressive with my communications to him. <laughs> and you know how you can see if someone's like seen a message? I'll send him a little message and yeah. then he won't look at it. I know it'll show up on his phone, but he won't look at it. But I know he's got it. We've got this. this, this really we know each other really, game. really well. He did it yesterday. He's like, are you going to reply to – I can't, uh, yeah, I remember who it was. I won't say who it was. Are you going to reply to so-and-so? And I saw it and I went – Fuck's sake! <laughs> I replied straight away, and then I didn't just—I didn't close the loop. I didn't do anything. I just left it. And he's right. I didn't look at the message so that it, he would see that I'd seen his message. Um, yeah, it works for us. It works. It doesn't. It's work a for funny. Us. It's a funny relationship because over time you realise you're not going to change someone. So it's kind of like, <laughs> okay, he's not going to respond to emails. I'm going to respond to emails. That's fine. He'll pick up. The slack in some other area, and so it's kind of like you listen to every minute of every episode. Yeah, Shay listens to every episode. I don't do that. Mm. So you kind of just find things that work for you and that you enjoy doing. Um, You're playing to your strengths. I guess it's like a marriage, really, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I suppose it is, and it's um, yeah, and and because of the history of your relationship and how well you know each other, you can you can have these difficult conversations. Yeah, and we can be brutally honest with yeah, each other which too. Is so important. Yeah, rather than letting things fester. Yeah, yeah, but but even um, editorially, like if someone brings up, you know, an angle of a podcast or something, like we'll just be like, no, no, fuck, I don't like that. What are you doing? Yeah, like, it's a waste of time. It's a stupid question. Let's. You know, on. if you didn't know the person so well, you might think, oh shit, I might have to approach that a bit delicately. But mm. it's yeah. Or vice versa, if you really want to fight for an idea, then you've got grounds to do so and be heard mm. as well. How much editing do you guys do? You guys do much editing? 
No, not really. Uh, we just try, only we, if the guest wants something cut out. Yeah, ideally we don't. Um, we do this thing at the start where we tell the guest that uh, we want you to be. We want you to be happy with what we put out there. We're not here to get you. We're mm. not here to create a sensational headline. We want you to have editorial control. So we're going to ask you some questions about some really difficult moments, um, if you're okay with it. Uh, but know that nothing is going to go out there that you don't want out there. Mm. And most of the time, 98% of the time, no edits are asked for. But just by saying that, it gives them a, a security, a safety blanket that yeah. they're in the safe space and and it just seems to work. And that is a big part of what we do, creating the space to have the conversations and the preamble before we record, you know, making them feel comfortable, sort of just like just being good humans. You guys are, genuinely are. Like what you see is what you get. Thank you very much. There's no act whatsoever. Yeah. I, I think you get found out. I mean, yeah. anyone gets found out over 90 minutes. Like you can – put on an act for 10, 20, 30. Like, and often in the second half of the episodes, the real personality comes out, <laughs> especially if they've had a couple of beers. But like, you, you, people can see through it, right? Yeah. People can sense bullshit and they can sense authenticity mm. and it's just the most powerful thing. Yeah. Well, I've got so much of you guys, um, like in, in terms of um, just the, the generosity of things. Like being from a radio background, it was always – I don't know, I suppose it's like a, a scarcity mentality. When you're on radio, you're never supposed to talk about any other radio show because then the thinking is you're giving them publicity. Mm. As if someone's going to be listening going, well, what are all these other buttons on the radio? What, what are they? Oh, I must. You know, it's like a, it's a really weird mentality, but I'm finding the podcast thing and uh, you guys, I mean, you put me into the same social media person as you guys and Steve, you sent early on one of my podcast days, you sent me a, a link to a Diary of a CEO episode where Stephen Bartlett talks about how he grew his podcast and it's um it's made me a more generous person as well. Oh, awesome. It's, yeah. uh, I think it's you just – every now and then I go back and I have one of those moments. I'll be like – those motherfuckers, they got Mark Ellis. Yeah. And then I, I pull, my, pull my head in and think, that, that, that's the wrong attitude. You've got to be happy for these guys. Yeah, well, it, it helps everyone, yeah. right? Like the more podcasts that are doing well and bringing in big numbers creates more interest mm. in advertisers and sponsors and hopefully this thing can kick up a gear yeah. and uh, we can all leave our jobs. Yeah, but you, yeah, you are nice guys and you deserve all the success you get. But you, you are both still working full-time jobs. Kind of. I've carved a cool little niche where I'm uh, like 20, 30 hours a week working in football administration back in my sweet spot where I used to be, but it's contract, so I'm not obliged to be in the office. I try and have some FaceTime with the office where I can um, and then do some other bits and pieces. So the juggling act of a full-time job plus a podcast was really, really challenging. Mm. And I often found when I was working um, that – working that job, you know, when you would excuse yourself or get time away to go and do a podcast, man, my attention would never fully be on it because I'd be thinking, shit, like what's happening with my phone? What am I, what am I required to do in my job that's paying my bills? Like where, where's the slippage? What am I going to have to make up now having, you know, a bit more flexibility and being kind of the master of your own destiny. It's, it's opened up a whole lot of other opportunities, but it means that you can, um, yeah, you can focus on kind of key areas as, Mm -hmm. as well. And, and, it's a weird one with podcasts because I don't listen to that many other podcasts unless I'm researching. It's a kind of a weird thing. So you can, yeah, honing your craft of getting better is an interesting one when you've got more time on your hands because you just get more. I think you just get better by doing more. Do you listen back to your work and like self critique? 
I should do more of it. I used to do a lot in the early days, and it helped pick up. You know when you – I don't know if you haven't you when you were starting. When someone's telling a story and would be like, hmm, mm, mm. Like encouraging, like <laughs> yeah. verbally encouraging them that you're into it. And then you'd listen back to Annette. You're like, oh, shut the fuck yeah. up. Yeah. Holy shit. Like you just ruined the story by continuing. Mm, mm, mm. I've caught myself doing it recently, yeah. like falling back into it of like mm-ming for encouragement and being like, shut, shut the fuck up. Yeah, just shut yeah. up. Yeah. But there's lots of little things like that where <laughs> – and I go back, it just annoys me and just turns a phrase and just like I can be so critical of my performance. Yeah, I'm the same. Uh, and which is why I should. I should still listen back, but where's the time in the day? But um, I know we could always be improving, mm. but I feel like by yeah fixing a lot of those really rookie mistakes early doors made a big difference. I find my biggest work on, I think, is I fucking waffle copter. Before I get to a question, so I'll kind of make this big statement about some sort of thing, and then I'll catch myself making this big statement, and then I go, "Fuck, I need to ask a question," and then I'll quickly like crowbar a question, and then it's got nothing to do with the point that I was making before. And I, whenever I listen back, I'm like, "Ah, just stop being so verbose. Like, just ask yeah. ask a question get to the point. Exactly. I do it just then. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I, I've sort of stopped editing. My, I used to go through and like edit them every week, and then um, I, you know, I tend to I tend to stutter, and I, you know, I think my, my brain and my mouth work at different sort of paces. So I'd get to the end of editing, and I'd find most of the stuff I edited out were just like little stutters that I made, and then I'd be full of self-loathing at the end I'd be like oh I'm a piece of shit <laughs> so I've stopped e- editing and I I feel like the more AI becomes a thing the more that sort of normalness of you know human conversation and the nuances that come along with it will become I don't know more important or more, va- I more valuable I don't know I think it's endearing to leave the false st- like within reason to leave the false starts and to leave the I'm off on a tangent and then I've gone, oh, I'm not actually making sense here. I'm, mm. Let me come back and start and start again. I think that's that's a natural conversation. Mm. So the the kind of my read on a podcast is that's what you want. You want to be eavesdropping on a conversation mm. that's really, really interesting and just be a bystander, which quite often I find becomes my role in a podcast. Not becomes my role, but I catch myself just being engrossed in the conversation that's happening in front of me and then interjecting every mm. now and again when I kind of feel it appropriate. But that's where... Do you interject every now and then? I, I thought it was just Steve doing all the talking. <laughs> <laughs> you guys hear that a lot? That you uh, sound the same? All <laughs> the time. All the time. Yeah. Even, I, when, even when I listen back sometimes, I think, I don't remember asking that question. <laughs> that's a good question. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, that wasn't, yeah, that wasn't me at all. Yeah, Steve, how do you fit it all in? Like Your time management must be remarkable. Um, so you're you're a journalist for the New Zealand Herald. You do the podcast, which is incredible, as we've established, and you're a dad of four. Yeah. Um, I and and I see you on social media on the weekend, like with your, your kids at soccer, and <laughs> <laughs> so you, you're not even like an absent dad. Like you're. I'd say the life hack, oh, the hack, the podcast hack is that preparation for the podcast is listening to other podcasts. And the best time to listen to a podcast is when you're cleaning the house after the kids are in mm. bed. I do a shitload of dishes every night. There's so many, like, endless dishes, and I'm listening to a podcast. And that is work and work at the same time. So that certainly helps. Um, I've got a great job where uh, I work from home. So there's not – I don't – waste time in my day traveling um i do four days a week in hamilton and one in auckland so i've got that balance right 
Um, and we have been in the fortunate enough position where the podcast is earning a little bit of money now, where we can outsource a lot of the jobs that we used to do all of ourselves. You mentioned uh, a marketing guy, Marcus, who does our social media now, who's amazing. So I'm hands off. Like Now we record the episode. I re- research the episode. We record the episode. He listens through it, picks out clips, sends it to our video producer, Jacques, who's also amazing. And between them, they, they pretty much take care of everything. Mm. So all of my focus is just on um, prepping for the next episode, nailing that. We've added ambassadors in and it's work. And, but, yeah, it is a lot. Look, it's, it's, it's full on. Like days are full on. Um, I can't really explain. Like I'm up at six in the morning making three breakfasts and three lunches and getting the kids out the door and then it's working and then it's swimming lessons and then it's dishes and getting to bed and then podcast prep and it's just rinse and repeat mm. and weekends is football but it's fo- like it's fun like it's it doesn't feel like work it's just yeah plus yeah. you've got an amazing wife bonnie oh shout out to bon yeah, yeah. bon is the best she uh she holds the place together yeah you, you you can't run an operation like the holloway house without a bonnie holloway yeah she must be incredibly supportive and encouraging she's great she's great yep she uh I don't know the perfect the, the perfect companion for me. So supportive, um, so good with the kids, and she's been so understanding with this podcast. Like I said, for the first two years, it was basically a passion project. Yeah, it's the same, like same, say, same as going, like, out, same for same as going out for nine holes. It was, yeah. but she saw the bigger picture and she listens to most episodes, and and she's just been just incredibly supportive. Yeah. yeah. So, how did you guys make? Um, So I had a best friend whose name was Ross McKenzie and Bonnie was his little sister. So she still is. Oh, you're your mate's little sister. She still is. She still is. Yeah, she still is. Yeah, she always will be. Isn't your mate's little sister a no go? Yeah. So we made a. Well, I made a rule. I said, look, if you're gonna hook up with your mate's little sister, you gotta marry her. So I married her, and then you gotta have four babies with her. Um, Yeah. So. Yeah, shortened story. Melville United win the uh, Northern Premier League in 2009. Big night on the piss. Everyone's back at my place and we're going out into town. Me and Bon are the last two to leave. We couldn't all fit in the taxi, so we stay behind. We end up hooking up. We don't go into town. We don't meet the rest of the team, but everyone is so drunk they don't notice. They come back in bed the next morning. Because we had this house where people would just come. It was quite close to town. People would just come back and they'd crash anywhere. I woke up next to my now wife, Bon, and her brother, Ross, climbed into bed. He, did, he had no idea we'd been hooking up that night. And he jumped into bed with us and our other friend. And it was just in the morning, like, oh, what the hell's going on? What a hell of a night. No one knew what, it was, what had happened, but that was the beginning of a beautiful romance. Was, how long did you keep it secret from your mate for? Ah, she went overseas quite soon after that. So she had to leave the country. Yeah, yeah. she went to India for six months. I, I don't remember the timeline, but yeah, I don't think he. I don't think he found out. Right. I mean, he knows now. Yeah, well, now he knows. He knows now. <laughs> what a bombshell! Yeah. So who's the dad of these four yeah, yeah. kids? Stephen. You got the. You got the. You got the exclusive, Dom. Yeah. yeah. So what does what does the future hold? Like, where do you? Use, I mean, it's it's really hard to plan with the podcast thing, isn't it? Like, it's uh, your your growth is sort of never in a linear sort of fashion. But like a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, where do you where do you wish things would be? Uh it's a question I think about a lot, and it's so hard to know what's around the corner because it seems like the picture changes every couple of months. Like, things were really gaining steam. Um, 
good sponsors on board PlayStation and export and things look like, you know, they were really taken off. And then it's kind of like the recession and then advertisers are pulling back and you're not sure when, you know, the, the tanks are going to be full again. So it's hard. Our thing right now is we've got this big audience. We've got, we have, I don't know, 150,000 downloads a month, like an enormous amount of people paying attention to us. So we're trying to figure out what to do with that. And there is the traditional advertising and sponsorship, which is working really well. But we've got a few business ideas. We're not quite ready to announce them yet. But we sort of want to push people in a direction which is going to be mutually beneficial to us and the audience. So we think by creating a couple of different income streams along with the podcast, that might help us just become a business. Because we are a business, you know, we've, we've got an accountant and a marketer and a video producer. And it's weird to think of how far this thing has come in four years and it's only really the last 18 months where it's like okay this this could be long-term career like this could be a, a real this could be the next 20 years if we play it right yeah i think like the recording an app or recording something is the highlight of my week i think as long as that is a constant in my week i will be happy mm. um it's great like we started this ambassadors thing, which is really interesting because for a long time it was we were just kind of facilitators to have a guest come in. But as we've progressed, people become more and more interested in us as people and and what we have to say, which is a weird platform as well to have. So yeah, like looking at different ways to kind of keep that going so that you get to do the fun things and you get to do the parts that you really enjoy um, is is really important. And uh, yeah, how do you scale it and how do you make it work? Mm. Again, that's why it's important that all podcasters kind of succeed at the same time so that the market that doesn't maybe understand the power of a podcast goes, oh, wow, okay, this is a real thing. This is a real thing that we can invest in and that we can get returns on so that we can all do it full-time and quit all of our jobs. That's a long way of saying we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know yeah, that was one of my waffle coffee. Yeah, yeah. That was the waffle coffee no, again. You will know, have found from like a personal perspective, it's um, taken me in, in glorious directions that I could never have imagined. Yeah. Like uh, since having Miyamoto on the podcast, like me and her have done some the Q&A sort of like public speaking engagements together where I'm sort of it's basically all like a live podcast, but I'm just helping her shape and share her story and I could never have imagined that happening yeah. but it's wonderful Yeah, and the, the excitement's wonderful but there is also an element of terror it's like okay where is this going when is it going to start to pay the bills Yeah, but yes Steve you more than anyone with your understanding wife it must be like okay <laughs> alright mate there, <laughs> when's, yeah, uh, yeah. There, there's, there's opportunities to take some pretty big risks but we're, we've just bought a new house and with four kids a new house like I, I'm fairly risk averse at this point so I don't know we'll, we'll just keep mm. going as we are and, and see what opportunities pop up I guess yeah and we're recording this in Auckland you, see, you guys travel from Hamilton to do these the, do these things yep. most of them in an Auckland studio yeah yeah, pretty much all of them now yeah um, the video aspect has become really important to us so we, we did some in a Hamilton studio but there was no cameras and set up um, we've found that you know by clipping out uh, the best bits and, and you do the same thing just the reach the organic reach especially on TikTok goes crazy some viral clips mm. will have over a million views and it's just the way that that sort of grows uh, it's like the growth model is so good with what we do with long form interviews with a diverse range of people because if you do it well 
it will sprinkle through their community and people will listen to it and then think, shit, that was brilliant. And they'll look through your catalogue and think, oh, so-and-so is interesting, but we've done 140 guests. Surely they will find someone else there that they would like to hear an interview of. You nail the second one, hopefully you've got a listener for life. So we really are enjoying at the moment just trying to think of new diverse areas. I've seen you doing the same thing, Uncle Ticks, you know, that sort of social media you know that his huge TikTok following, mm. Instagram following. It's yeah, I don't know. It's it's a journey. Yeah, it's a, a fr- frustrating because I I know the way I consume podcasts personally. Like I'll scroll, I'll say Dax Shepherd, uh, Armchair Expert. I'll scroll through, find a name that I'm interested in, and then listen. Um, and now I I see people doing the same thing with me and probably yours. And you're like, no, 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 they're all good. Yeah, <laughs> they're all good. <laughs> yeah. They're hidden gems. People you don't know of, they're good. Give it a go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's exciting, and it's exciting to be on this path with you guys. But they're, they're hamb- Stop trying to make Hamilton a thing. No, we'll never, we will never stop. I'm even wearing the hat. You are wearing the hat. You are wearing the hat. When I left Palmerston North and the radio station there to start working at the Edge, it was still based in Hamilton, so I lived in Hamilton for like six months. It was the bleakest, most awful winter of my life. How long we- ago was that, though? Oh, it's like 20 years. Yeah, there we go. See? <laughs> Fell into my trap. You walked in like a big dopey bear. Straight straight into it. Straight into it. Oh, no, but it was like we'd leave work after doing the breakfast radio show at like 11 a.m. It would still be like a deep fog in the city. Yeah. People would be like, balloons over white coat. I was like, I can't see them. It's foggy. Yeah. So what's changed? What's changed, Dom, in 20 years? What? There's just nothing happening in the city. There's no balloons anymore. The balloons over Waikato is the highlight of the Holloway calendar. Yeah. Like yeah. Every morning, balloons over Waikato. A couple of quick ones before we go. Um, <laughs> this is one of those questions you ask where you already know the answer. Um, what's your biggest fuck up in terms of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you need a, a, a Q name, David Nickel? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is this the only. Monumental no, no, cock-up? No, 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 no. no. Oh, Danny Morrison too. We lost two episodes. So we used to record in this Hamilton studio. We still sometimes do. Um, and I got trained by the ACC staff of how to work the system. It's like this next-gen system. It's kind of old technology. I had it. I understood, you know, the microphones were on, red light on each, press record, all good. What I hadn't been told was that you need to move the mouse every 30 minutes otherwise <laughs> the program is going to lock it it's going to automatically log you out so we do two hours with David Nika and he's never done like a long form interview like that before talking about Tyson Fury and his vulnerabilities and just uh, just like a hell of an episode he messages us the next day first thing this morning hey, hey boys that podcast was amazing like thank you so much like I enjoyed it so much I can't wait for you to release it so bad I'll listen on think back as fuck and then I go to check the audio uh, well we checked it that night yeah that's right we checked it that night I knew that that night night was a disaster that night and realised that we didn't catch a single second. Because not, like, not, not it, it logged us out, so we lost the whole thing. We didn't even get the start. We got nothing. Not only that, but we also got locked out of the studio too. So we like <laughs> said goodbye, and I could see the terror. Like Stephen's like logging out. I could see the terror in his eyes, and I thought, "Fuck, something's wrong here." We say goodbye to David, and then we go back to going, and he's like, "You've got the the dongle to get us back in, eh?" And I was like. No, I do not. <laughs> That's right. So we're like fumbling around in this office, like looking in people's drawers, trying to find a way to get back into the studio. The whole while thinking, 
Fuck, I don't think we, we just I don't I don't think we got that episode. And then oh. like next morning, we'll be like, ah, it'll be fine. It'll be saved in the system. There'll be a way, way thought, to retrieve yeah, it. I thought the tech geeks would be able to save yeah. it. So yeah. like urgent calls. It'll be in the system. It'll be in someone the system. can save it. You're like, yeah, there, there should be a way. And there wasn't there a way. Was not so a anyway, way. yeah, David messaged me and I had to reply. I'm so sorry. Like, I felt sick. How long did I feel sick? Like four days of just feeling like absolute oh. shit. Like he was one of our biggest guests at the time too. Like it was such And a, he's not been back in the country since. Oh. And the other one was Danny Morrison. So Yeah, that was that was I reckon Morrison was almost worse. Danny Morrison I don't know if you know his story well, but you're former New Zealand cricketer in the like the the nineties? Yeah. Uh, famous for getting ducks. Yes, like he was yeah. the, the worst batsman ever. Y- yes. Yeah. So yes. So Actually, that's a terrible way to <laughs> an inc- fabulous cricket. An incredibly rich cricket story, yeah. and people know that quite well. But we touched on areas which perhaps people don't know, which was the suicide of his sister, losing everything in the global financial crisis. And it was like, again, a super vulnerable mm. episode. Verge of tears. There might have been some tears. But it was over video call, and he was in Abu Dhabi. And the StreamYard, which I referenced before, is like banned in the United Arab Emirates. So you can't use it. So we had to use Zoom. So StreamYard would like record it. And then even if the line was wonky, there's some widgets in the background that smoothed it all out. So like we'd had dodgy connections before and that all worked out fine. But the, when we used this Zoom, it was it was the same thing. Two hours, maybe two, two and a bit hours. Yeah. Listen back and there was like 45 minutes of just – completely unsalvageable audio and it was right at those moments where he was talking about the, the loss of his sister and he was like bearing his soul yeah we tried hard to piece it together but we just could like yeah. it was all based around this this rebuilding after this horrific middle and we're like fuck yeah so yeah. and then same and then, Morrison and Nika yeah and then same thing being like really sorry it hasn't worked and he's like oh man bugger well, well we'll try and make it work some other time like <laughs> no, never like, no, like, no, like just, yeah, yeah. scene like just oh fair enough oh my fair god enough. that's just Embarrassing, you feel so amateur, yeah. And yeah. yeah, David Nico, amazing. I was, I've just been in Sydney the previous weekend running the, the marathon. I, I didn't see him at all, but I saw on Instagram today he ran the half marathon, did like an hour 22, yeah, guys, sub four minute K's. And he's, he's carrying around a lot of muscle as yeah, well. He's, he's not a, bit, a he's not a light dude, fair play to him as well. He's a proper ambassador. So we put we retold that story in a speaking gig that we had. And then tagged it up for social, tagged him in and said, what do you reckon, uh, round two? And he came back and said, yep, boys, I'm back in Hamilton in December. Let's make it happen. So, yeah, redemption. There's a redemption there in some, <laughs> in some way, shape or form, hopefully. And, and do, you, do you guys get many people coming to you asking to come on? Or? We do now, yeah. 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 Yeah, we've reached a tipping point where the audience is big enough that it's in people's interest. And we get a lot of publicists come yeah. to us when someone's got a new book out or an album or whatever it is. They mm-hmm. want some publicity. Um, they come to us, which is really cool because the hardest part of the journey in those early and mid stages is finding regular guests mm. and and people wanting to come on your show. So we're really fortunate to be in a position where people want to come on our show. And we're as far forward planned as we've ever been. I think we've got five, six episodes in the can. And for most of our journey, we have been working on a week-to-week basis. I remember talking to you (laughs) in the early days, and you had about like two months worth backed up, and we're like, oh, fuck, I don't know who we've got this week. I I, I left that conversation with you guys with anxiety on your behalf. How did they do it? Like one person lets you down, and you're fucked for the next week. Yeah, Yeah. A lot of stressful stressful weeks. To pick up on a point you made earlier on about the radio promo celebrity kind of a a cycle and people coming in and doing Mm. 
doing mm. like a 10 minute stint or five minute stint in 10 different places. Now that we're on that kind of distribution list, it's a really cool point of difference to be included in those because it is something different for the person that's coming in to be, yeah, we'll talk about whatever you're promoting now, but we've actually got a whole breadth of other stuff mm. that we want to talk about. So I'd like to think for the, from their perspective, it's a break from the monotony of maybe some of the other promo stuff that they're doing at the time. Yeah, I, I, I really like that tone. I'm, I'm humbled when, when that happens because you think, okay, we've got half a day of promo with this person. So to do a 90-minute podcast, it's a big chunk of that time. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when generally they go for a mass, like Scattergun, and do as many places as what they can. And what, what about your dream list? Who's Who would you bet like, three dream New Zealanders be? Oh, good. Um, you go first. So, oh, buying time again. Well, he asked, he asked me on an ambassador's episode as well. I, I, I heard this. Yeah. He said Joe Rogan. Like, yeah. anyone in the world, the line will dead. Yeah. Joe Rogan. Yeah, so I got cancelled canceled on social media straight away. <laughs> did, uh, did you? Why? Just from, oh, just from, yeah. just for going Actually, you were the only one. you were the only one who, endor- who endorsed what I said, I think, because Brody Kane jumped on me big time. Was like, well, I think Rogan gets, a, Rogan gets a bad rep. Like, if you listen to enough Rogan, it's like um, he's, he's kind, he's hardworking, he's disciplined, he's anti drug He's a good family man. Yeah. You, know, you never hear any scandal about him. Yeah. And it's, so what? He doesn't like the, the vaccine? I don't, yeah. you know, I don't know. Have I missed something else? Is there something? Well, I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't want to get cancelled. I think it's good. But, I'm gonna, I'm but, gonna... but, but, but still, you know, while we're shitting on you, Shay, yeah, yeah. out of all the people in the world you could choose from, Rogan? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I panicked. I panicked. So, <laughs> Stephen Adams. If he wanted to do it, I I feel like he would never want to do a long form podcast. But if he was up for it and wanted to come in with good energy, he would have the most amazing stories. And he's such a like a hard case, funny Kiwi. And no one, we've had a few episodes that are people was sort of plucked from obscurity. Mark Ellis is one. He'd been off the grid for about ten years. Huge episode, our biggest one we've ever had because people hadn't heard from him for so long. Same with Paul Henry before he sort of made his media rebirth. He hadn't done interviews in years and years and we had him on. Same with Chris Kens. So when you have these big guests that no one has heard of for so long, it's just magic. Stephen Adams would have that effect. Um Scott Robertson, I know that we've both been trying to. I know we've both Let's been trying to get him for a while. You know that story you had about uh, how you text him and then he responded. I've had the same text, and it was like the same sign off with Razor, and it's like, hey mate, I only do one podcast a year. Try again next year, and I did the same thing. I texted him on the first of the. Oh, first year. of January, yeah. I, I was I was a bit cooler. I think I waited till like the fourth. But, <laughs> yeah. but I was thinking like about it on the first, a, second, and third. I was such reminding him on the thirty first. Like, do not forget to yeah, text Razor. Yeah, 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 no, no, no stroke of midnight. It'll be brilliant. Yeah, got it. Yeah, well, at, at the time of recording this, the the guest on my podcast this week is um, Dr. Ben O'Keefe, who was uh, he's an, an eye surgeon. He was the the referee of the Crusaders Chiefs Super Rugby final. Yeah. We, we went through some of the mean messages he got, and one of them was like, um, and we turned this into a clip. It's like, oh, uh, you probably won't see this 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 message because you got Razor's cock in your mouth. So I'm thinking, do I send this clip to Razor as well? Like maybe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I just leave him alone and take the fucking hint. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he's. Gone I think anyone now. anyone's yeah. getting him for a while. But um, Stephen Adams would be phenomenal. Like, what is what does he earn? Like thirty million a year or something? Yeah. It's crazy money. And and just the backstory, like one of 
How many kids? Yeah. Like 11 kids or something? Yeah, yeah, 12 in my head, but that might be his jersey number. And Um, and when you see clips of um, his teammates arriving arriving to a game and they're dressed up in, you know, like high-end designer gear and he's got like a bush shirt on and jandals, like he just seems like a remarkable, remarkable man. So different. Jermaine Clement I would really like to have on the pod because he doesn't do interviews. Mm. Like I've not Mm. seen or heard him do anything long form. I think it would be fascinating to kind of – Unpick his brain. Don't. So guys that hate interviews. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're yeah. gonna break them. We're gonna make it so good. They're gonna yeah. like doing it. Psychologists, psychologists, whatever. What, what is it? You want to make him love you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Yeah. Totally. That's the object of every podcast. Is yeah. To, to, have them, to have them come <laughs> away thinking, friend. yeah, these guys are pretty cool. All right. Good to know. That's good intel. I'll, I'll go for Brett McKenzie then. I'll go for the <laughs> yeah. other one. Yeah. <laughs> and what about international? Oh, here we go again. Um, <laughs> this is this is your Shane, uh, This is your chance uh, of redemption. I, I still, I still, I still, no, no, I still stand by Graham Norton. Oh, okay, I still stand by Graham Norton. I think I would, I would be fascinated by what hasn't made the show, um, or the links that he goes to, or his method to to do what he does. I think actually secretly he's been like a really big influence in terms of mm. like watching and asking questions and and um, honing your craft. He's been yeah, that would be really fascinating for me. Mm. Yeah, I think I said Tiger, Tiger Woods, I think, would be, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'd be it. Oh, how good would that be? <laughs> yeah. What a contact. life. I, oh, I wish. Uh, yeah, I because I see you guys do some interviews, and I'm like, oh, I know what these guys are doing here. They're playing the long game. Like, <laughs> <laughs> when you have someone from Auckland City, City boxing Kick or whatever, it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, they're, they're weaseling <laughs> their way to yeah. 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 Have you had Steve Williams on yet, Tiger's old caddy? No, would love to get him. Can't get a whole – I need to get a contact. Are you trying to get him too? We, no, no, we... no, I haven't tried just when you mentioned Tiger Woods, but actually yeah. I don't think it would be a good gateway to Tiger. No, he wouldn't. No, 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 no. Yeah, um, yeah Tiger Woods remarkable. Like, when he had all this chaos going on, he was playing some of the best golf of his life. Yeah. 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 If you could get him to if you could get him to tell his story and open up <laughs> on the whole journey. Yeah, forget about it. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Hey, well, it's been wonderful to sit down with you guys today. It's really cool. I love I love what you're doing and um I feel like you guys are setting the benchmark for podcasts in New Zealand. Cheers, Dom. It's been a really cool experience being on the other side. Um so, yeah, we had Dom on our podcast, what do you say, about a year ago? Over a year ago, and yeah. And I spoke at the start about what a fan I was because I used to deliver the paper in the morning and I'd listen to you on the edge as I'm doing it. So a bit of a surreal moment coming full circle and you interviewing us. Me and Shay were talking about it on the way in. Like, again, we have so many pinch ourselves moments across this ride. We're like, well, okay, that just happened. They're starting to become a little bit more normal, but we still – yeah, I just really appreciate it. So, mm. yeah, thanks for coming out and oh, yeah. us in your space. Oh, yeah, that's what you yeah, – one more thing. Sorry, I was, I was wrapping up. But, yeah, how are you guys, um, like, coping with the level of fame? It must be, like, a nice level of fame. You know what I mean? It's not It's not like Lord or something. <laughs> <But it laughs> She'd might, be a good guest. Must, must, must be nice that you're at the age and stage that you guys are both at, at life, at, in, in life to, you know, have this sort of recognition or – Yeah, fame's weird in New Zealand. It's like no one's really famous, but it's, it's weird, cool – being recognized by people because of what you do, right? Because we are, when people come up to us in a cafe or something and they say, oh, you guys between two beers, I love what you do, that means they love the conversations we're mm. facilitating and they're fans and they've listened to, like, I, I just really value people's time and to give us 90 minutes to listen to us over and over and over again. Some people listen to it every episode. It just blows my mind and I'm just really, yeah, appreciative of it. So, I certainly wouldn't call us famous, but um, 
it's it's cool. It's it's a cool experience. What's yours? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, same thing. It's I find it really. I, I've got a weird thing with it. Like I love it, and I'm humbled by it. But I'm also sometimes I kind of just want to not have it. Well, it doesn't help that you're wearing a ambassador hat and yeah, a printed know, bears I know, hoodie. I know. It's a weird. I think the weirdest one that we had. I'll just share this anecdote. We were we were watching. We were at a FIFA Women's World Cup game. And we were watching, and I thought we were talking quite quietly to one another about some kind of questionable subject matter at times, as we do, having known each other so familiarly. And then the lady in front, like, pulled her phone out and then went to Spotify and then scrolled to the podcast and then, like, pointed at our photo to the person next to her. And I was like, <laughs> hey, that's us, like, over her shoulder. And she was fucking mortified. I was like, hey, it's not like really nice like nice to meet you. I'm Seamus. He's like, yeah, I thought it was your voice, but I wasn't sure who it was. It was um, – yeah, it, that, like that, is, that, that sort of stuff is cool. I mean, it's it's because you've made a connection with them, I guess. Yeah, that's a really Just good really, way. really, really cool. That's a really good way of looking at it. That's a yeah. much better way, much better lens to look at it. I'll, I'll use that now moving forward. Yeah, you, they, may. Yeah, you may. You uh, may. Thank you very much. Well, you may as long as you, you – are you going to do the wrap-up? Can you do the wrap-up? You oh. do this on your podcast all the time. Oh, God. <laughs> Am I throwing you on the spot here? You are. That's okay. I can try and do – I don't feel like it's my place to do it, but I'll – I'll, I'll try and, I'm sorry, I'm being lazy. Yeah, I'll try and I'll try. And, I'll, no, I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't. No, it's been really cool. It has been really cool. Yeah. Thank you very much for making this happen for us. It um, it's it's probably our highest profile appearance on somebody else's podcast. Um, and a cool experience. And thank you to my friend over here, who I love very dearly for um his friendship and his care for me. It's um. Really, really special to to have that friendship in your life and to have someone that cares that much, um, that they are willing to have those challenging conversations and um, yeah, bring them back up again. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. It's cool. Would, not that not that Steve needs it because he seems very, very organised and disciplined with his life mm. and his time management. But yeah, would you be that person for him? I'd like to think I would be, but he seems to really have it together. <laughs> He's like despite <laughs> he the, does, the despite the chaos. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he does. But I do – yeah, I'd like to think if there was a moment or a time where that was needed or that he needed that sensitive ear or that sage advice that I'd be there and be able to kind of provide something mm. or at least listen. Yeah. How good is the question, by the way? How are you with um, vulnerability and showing your emotions, Steve? And then, oh! Christ, <laughs> fucking, fucking jackpot. <laughs> Oh no, it's got it. Got, I, I um, yeah, I've, I've had fertility struggles, so I've been unable to have cats. Uh, so I'm very envious of the family dynamic you've got. But I, I, I've sort of found, like, through my mental health struggles over the years, it's made me more compassionate and vulnerable. Um, so I, yeah, I cry pretty easily these days as well. And I think it's a marvelous thing. I think it's wonderful. Yeah, I could probably count on count on on yeah one hand the amount of times I cried through my twenties and thirties. Now I'll just cry thinking about something that I'm grateful for. I see. I think it's save cool. mine for podcasts. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> I just exclusively cry on podcasts now. That's my thing. Yeah. Bonnie must be like, he never cries at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who is this guy? Who is this emotions. guy? Anyway, yeah. I, I love you guys. I'm in awe of what you're doing, and it's wonderful to be in the same space as you, and I um, genuinely value um, our friendship. Thank you so much for coming on the Dom Harvey podcast. Steve and Seamus, Between Two Beers. Cheers, Dom. Been awesome. Thank you. Seamus, Between Two Beers, on the Dom Harvey podcast. Again, apologies for the uh, sound issues through that. Thanks for listening all the way through. Love to hear your thoughts. You can get hold of me anytime with any feedback, guest suggestions, tips on how to improve, what you like, what you don't like, whatever. 
I won't take it to heart if you don't like it. That's fine. DomHarveyNZ at gmail.com or on Instagram, DomHarveyNZ. And if you haven't done so already, it would be incredible if you could rate or leave a review for the podcast if, you, if the platform you listen to allows. Just before I sign off, big thanks to my friends at Radix Nutrition. From their state-of-the-art factory in the Waikato, they have plans to change the world through nutrition. And since I've got to know the team pretty well, I have absolutely no doubt they will succeed. Give them a follow on Instagram and check out the incredible work they are up to at Radix Nutrition on Instagram or radixnutrition.co.nz on the web. Radix spelled R-A-D-I-X. Um, the biggest thing you could do, though, would be to go and buy something from them. I promise you, you will not regret it. Their products are simply world-class. Okay, that's it. Another week done on the Dom Harvey Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it. Can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And I do hope to see you next week on the Dom Harvey Podcast. See ya. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.